it's low and you are tuned in to wrestling wind down a female founded and hosted podcast dedicated to professional wrestling and of course our favorite adult beverage on this episode i am joined by my girl iridian fierro half of the rest friends podcast we are breaking down nxt takeover 31 including kushida showing up and showing out at the event being the hero that we didn't know we needed Two, one of the best main events that I've seen in a really long time between Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. And of course, we have the cheese man on the rest of the show as well. We'll also be chatting about the WWE draft that is set to kick off this week and into next week. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. As I mentioned in the intro, I have Iridian Fierro, the co-founder and co-host of the Rest Friends podcast, who has been on the show before. Welcome back. I'm always excited to be on. I have so much fun when I'm on here. Cheese may, as one would say. We're ready to yes. talk some cheese may and sip some wine. Yes, Wrestling I'm cheese may. <laughs> I'm always ready. We are going to be chatting about the NXT TakeOver pay-per-view. A lot of interesting matches on the card. The show kicked off with the North American Championship match. Damian Priest put his title on the line versus Johnny Gargano. And Priest ended up retaining in his first title defense. How did you like this match? This match to start off the night, I thought was incredible. It was really high energy. I am a huge fan of Damian Priest. I think that guy is such a star. And to put him against Gargano, who is already like super established in NXT, he's probably like on the Mount Rushmore of NXT, Gargano is. And this match was just really, really awesome. It was super entertaining. I thought Damian looked so strong in this match. Mm -hmm. I for a little bit thought maybe Gargano had a really strong chance of taking it, but I was really excited that Damian um, retained because I think he's just got so much more to prove as a champion. And I'm excited that, you know, we're going to continue to see him on NXT as champion. I read something last night about Johnny Gargano and his wife, Candice LeRae, who was also on the card, who fought for the NXT Women's Championship. And someone was saying that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae are such great faces. And it's unfortunate that they're being pushed as heels because they're just, they're like your textbook faces they are very likable they give you like that happy feeling and now that they've been heels it's been kind of weird to watch I mean they're both really talented in the ring and they've had a lot of experience outside of WWE as well as faces and heels but I don't know you know the past couple months with them at their dinner table you know at the Gargano household and now Candace doesn't trust anyone but the Gargano way like she's only here for her man and herself and maybe that NXT Women's Championship I don't really like it I don't, you know, I think it's a little bit weird and WWE has this thing that they do that I've noticed a lot with putting married couples or like engaged couples or dating couples together in storylines. We saw it with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford back a couple months ago and I just never understand it. I don't understand why a male superstar needs to be paired with his female companion, whether it be his wife or his girlfriend in a storyline for the woman to succeed. I know Candice LeRae has been heavily involved in Johnny Gargano's storylines before, but now it's almost like that's her gimmick. Her man, her job, and her money, and that's it, period. She's done after that. She's way more talented than that. Like Candice LeRae, the woman that has gone against men in the ring, but now we're downsizing her. Um, I don't appreciate Candice and Gargano as um, heels because I honestly thought I was like, okay, you're going to dye her hair and now she's a heel all of a sudden. And I, I, I'm just not for it. I really like Candace as a face and I want her to be a champion 
while she's face. I don't think to make her champion right now as a heel is a smart idea. But you know what? A lot of people are into it. It's just like not my cup of tea. It's not my glass of wine. Mm. Uh, no. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you would think that Candace's last name before Johnny's was Gargano. Like it was Candace Gargano always. And Johnny right. took her name because she is owning this. She's like, it's the Gargano way. Johnny didn't see it, but I see it. And I was like, girl, what are you talking about? A lot of the things they say, I'm just like, it's not making any sense. You're having all these dinners and talking all this nonsense. And it's a little annoying for me because I'm just like, Gargano, stop. Like, I know you. I feel like I'm so connected to them, like as faces, that it's just not clicking for me right now. We saw Candice LeRae face off against Io Shirai for the Women's Championship at NXT TakeOver 31. And this was a really good match. I felt like there were a lot of close moments where we thought maybe Candice was going to pick up the title. But Io ended up picking the win. She retained her title. There was a surprise at the end of the match that I definitely did not expect. And, you know, as the match ended, I kind of thought, is this going to just be like, her moment to say she won and then she walks to the back. I honestly thought it was going to be that. I also expected maybe Rhea would come out because Rhea seems like the next person that would go after that title, even though she is a face and they kind of are pushing EO as a face. I thought, well, maybe we'll get that interaction, but no, we didn't. NXT UK superstar Tony Storm, who we haven't heard from in four score on seven years, appeared on the big screen announcing that she would be joining the brand and going after Shirai's title, which is a big statement. We know that Tony Storm has history in the WWE. She was an NXT UK Women's Champion before. She competed in the Mae Young Classic. She has history. But I think it's interesting that she comes in and she walks in NXT and she goes right for Io Shirai's title. But moments later, then we see this, you know, weird thing going on. And we've seen promos for the last couple of weeks with this like Call of Duty style promo and a lot of people assumed it was Bo Dallas because we saw a lot of the classic NXT titles being shown and I saw a couple people who thought maybe it might have been a woman we see Ember Moon return and I had goosebumps girl I was like (gasps) I was shocked I was truly shocked and the reason why is because Ember Moon had an Achilles tendon injury she had an ankle injury and A lot of people expected that to be the end of her career. I think even she expected it to be the end of her career. I saw her on backstage. I saw her in interviews. And she was optimistic, but at the same time, she knew her injury. She knew that this type of injury is something that it takes a long time to recover from. And she was injured late last year, and she's back in less than a year. I mean, what kind of vitamins is this girl taking? What kind of coffee is she drinking? Like, to heal that fast? Yes, she... Oh my God. I, I had goosebumps just like you. I was so excited. I was screaming at my TV. I was like, oh my God, Ember Moon. I cannot believe she's back. I was like, my home girl. I missed you. Um, I'm really glad that she's back on NXT. I was not expecting this. She was on the main roster. So the fact that they brought her back to where she originated in WWE, I'm like, okay, this is new. And to include her in the title picture was just like, wow. Okay. Because not only did we just see Tony Storm, but we also saw Ember Moon. And this just leaves me to wonder, where does that leave Candice? Where does that leave Rhea? You know, Shotzi is getting a really, really strong push. Um, are they all just going to go for this belt? Or are we really going to try to, you know, establish the women on their own on a different plane without the title? I think it's interesting that they brought Ember back to NXT. And we've seen this a lot lately with WWE bringing superstars back to NXT that, honestly really couldn't find their place in the main roster. And I'm glad that they did this with Ember because 
like I said, this was an injury that we didn't know that if she would recover from or not. And putting her back on the main roster right now would be stupid, especially since she's been out for so long. I almost feel like this is a rebirth for her. Putting her back on NXT where she started is a good idea because she was so buried on the main roster. And you would think that she wouldn't be with the amount of talent that she has, but unfortunately she was just lost in the fray. Like she was brought up at a time where they, it seemed like they were just bringing up NXT people like there was no tomorrow. And she just got lost and then she got injured and then people didn't know where she stood. Now, hopefully being in the title picture, you know, she's able to rebuild herself and get that fan connection back and be more confident in the ring after having such a traumatic injury. Like I said, a lot of WWE superstars have gone back to NXT. And I remember a long time ago, people thought, oh my God, they're, you know, they're getting sent back to developmental. And now that NXT is seen as its own brand, I feel like more superstars are more apt in thinking about, oh, well, you know, the possibility of going to NXT might be on the table for me. Finn Balor is one who, when he came up to the main roster, he was plagued with injury from almost day one. And yeah, he had a couple title opportunities and title reigns along the way, but he was never a true star like he was in NXT. So I'm glad that they decided to take that chance and bring him back there. And hopefully Ember has the same luck that he does. Everyone's wine break during the night was unfortunately Kushida versus Velveteen Dream. I hate to say it because I think Kushida has been utilized improperly. And I'm going to tell you why, Iridian. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. And listener, wrestling wind down listeners. Kushida has been plagued with injury and he was out for a while. He was injured and his first storyline back, his first takeover back, he is facing off against Velveteen Dream, one of the most hated superstars on the roster right now. And that is a tough situation to be in. You want people to watch your match, your first big match back on NXT and you're facing off against and... I saw one of our followers, shout out to Karen. She was saying that she was really upset as a Kushida fan that he was in this predicament. You know, this is supposed to be a big moment for him. And a lot of people are not going to watch this match because they don't want to support a pedophile or I'm sorry, an alleged pedophile. Say what you will about everything that happened with Velveteen Dream, but it is public knowledge and it's disgusting. But Kushida showed up and he showed out in this match and I think he did a fantastic job and I don't know if you saw the news articles online about Kushida turns heel at the end of the match. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I was like, what? you mean a hero? Did you mean to write hero? Because that's what I saw. Spell in the check. Match. Spell check. Yeah. A common mistake. How did you like this match? First of all, did you watch this match? I know a lot of people decided to just tune out during this match, but did you watch? And if so, how did you like this match? I did watch this match. And can I tell you that I loved it for the reason that Kushida just looked like a monster. Mm -hmm. Like he was the shining star. And the fact that he was like kicking Velveteen's butt just made it so much better. I'm like, this is how you need to book Velveteen Dream now. And every match, he needs to get his butt handed to him. Kushida was like crushing his hand with the steps. Like, mm -hmm. it was just next level. I was so impressed. I'm just very sad for Kushida. A lot of people aren't going to watch this and they didn't right. watch it because Velveteen was involved. I was reading that a lot of people believe that Velveteen is going to be 
MIA now after everything that happened. And honestly, I hope so. We've talked about it on the show before, but WWE has not been strict with everything that has happened. And a lot of people are very disgusted and disappointed by how everything has played out. For reference, Triple H has come out and made multiple statements about Velveteen Dream. And the latest is about his immaturity. His immaturity is what's hurting him. And I rolled my eyes so hard when I saw this because immaturity is not the same as being a pedophile. Like, let's just lay that on the table. When I think of immaturity, I think of not doing your laundry or coming home after your curfew, not talking to young boys on the internet. That comment was extremely inappropriate, extremely out of line. And it makes me wonder, like, who is providing these statements in WWE's PR department to think, okay, we're going to push that. Like, when you go out to interviews, you say that. Or maybe it is just Hunter coming, you know, from his heart and saying this stuff. But at the end of the day, like, it sounds stupid. I have to side note this with, I know I'm being extremely negative on the topic, but I do love NXT. And I love wrestling, but when stuff like this happens and we see issues that are hurting people, specifically kids, other people on the roster, it's disappointing. And it's disgusting that management is not taking the appropriate steps. Yeah, I feel your frustration. And for me, it's also the fact that they're not transparent. Like Mm -hmm. they didn't really address it. And then they tried to, and they didn't really fill us in. And now they just keep releasing things about it without having addressed it at all. So I'm just lost because like, you know how Velveteen's lawyer said that there was like a loophole and you know, that's, that's why he wasn't like charged with anything. But I don't know what Triple H is doing because he's like, well, I did my personal investigating, you know, and I'm just like, what? What even is that? And they have so many allegations. It's not just Velveteen. There's a lot of other people Mm -hmm. who are on the roster and like even the main roster that they just haven't addressed these issues. And as a fan, it's really hard to watch because you're just like, well, am I behind them? Am I not? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Exactly. WWE hasn't let me know how to feel. Let's talk about something more positive. Cruiserweight Championship was on the line at TakeOver. Santo Escobar, who is the reigning Cruiserweight champion, faced off against Isaiah Swerve Scott. This was one of the best matches of the night, in my opinion. I thought it could go either way. I thought Isaiah Swerve was incredible. And there were so many close calls. I'm like, oh my God, is he finally going to win this title? And he did not, which confused me. I mean, he put on such a performance during this match. Both him and Santos put on an incredible performance here and you know obviously I would have been happy either way because they both just showed up and showed out during this match but when is Isaiah Swerve Scott going to get his moment we see him in these matches he's incredible in the ring but we did see some involvement we saw a mystery guy come out close to the end of the match and it was Ashanti the Adonis he ran out after Legato del Fantasma ran in to try and interfere so in WWE lately we've seen a lot of interference I think of like Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton at the last pay-per-view we saw interference there do these men really need backup when they're showing up and showing out in these matches like do they actually need the help I don't think so I thought this match was great. Definitely, like you said, one of the best matches of the night. I'm really excited that like Santos won fair and square because I did think that involvement was going to play like a huge deal, especially mm-hmm. when you're like in a group. Like it happened a lot with Undisputed. Like they were always getting involved. Right. So um, the fact that Legado didn't help him get this win, um, I'm like, okay, 
And they're, they're probably just trying to establish Legado del Fantasma for a little longer. But that mm-hmm. does leave me wondering, when is Isaiah going to get his championship? Like, preach. He's, he's been hustling. Like, every week he gives amazing matches. And I, I don't know what they're waiting for. You know, that does happen in NXT a lot, though. I think of, like, former NXT champions who have been on the roster and put on great performances for so long, and then they finally get that championship. Look at Keith Lee. He fought for so long, and everyone lost Keith Lee. And then he finally had that championship, and he lost it in the blink of an eye and went up to the main roster. I'm like, I know you're laughing, but... <laughs> no, because I, I totally agree with you. I'm like, okay, so they were building him up, but he only had it for, like, a day. I hope they don't do the same to Isaiah Swerve Scott. I feel like he is such potential, and they could move him up to the main roster at some point. But I feel like he needs to have his moment in NXT. He's had these close calls, almost, you know, having this championship, just give it to him already. This man can fight. He's interesting to watch. Come on now. Finally, in our main event, honey, this match was so good. It was so good. The NXT championship was on the line. Finn Balor, he defended his championship against Kyle O'Reilly. And this was an interesting match from the beginning because Kyle O'Reilly is a tag team wrestler. He has been with Bobby Fish for a very long time, whether it just those two are in the Undisputed Era. So when he won the number one contenders match, I was very intrigued. I wondered what was next for the Undisputed Era. Would they break up? Would Kyle be a single superstar? What was, you know, what's going on? This match was very slow at first. They were very technical, and then it started getting a little bit rougher. And Finn Balor, I guess he went and got his jaw x-rayed after. Kyle O'Reilly lost his teeth. That's how you know that battle was very ferocious okay it was a very good match and there were a couple close calls just like in the last match that we talked about where I thought Kyle O'Reilly might actually win the NXT championship so in the back of my head I'm like humming I'm like literally is the undisputed era about to break up right in front of our eyes because I don't know if you noticed, but backstage when they show Kyle like in the locker room, I could tell Adam was a little bit salty. Like he wasn't all around him like Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong were. Like he was kind of sitting in the corner and I was like, I don't trust Adam today. And then when they walked out to the ring, he seemed a little bit weird when he hugged him. And I was like, I still don't trust Adam today. I still also, don't I thought it was a very nice touch that Bobby Fish had his glasses on, which will come into play later. It will <laughs> come into play later. Anyway, back to the match. Balor pinned O'Reilly via pinfall to retain his title. Like I said, this was such a good match, but the end of this match. So Balor and O'Reilly end up shaking hands, which doesn't happen a lot in NXT ring. So it was nice to see. And I don't know if you noticed, but the little NXT logo came up in the corner. So I was like, this is the end of the show. Nothing is going to happen. We're done here. And then all of a sudden we see this man, like an English looking Dexter Loomis type, definitely shops at Men's Warehouse or like Joss A. Bank with his little cap on. He has on his finest like Sunday's best. He is behind the barricade, and he has Adam Cole on his shoulder. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. And then he dumps Cole over the barricade. And out of nowhere, here comes Roderick Strong and Bobby Fish, who does not have his glasses on now. So I'm, I'm over here like, okay, that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, okay, where did his glasses go? And Roderick and Bobby are like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And they're asking Finn if they saw what happened to Adam. They're asking Kyle, what happened to Adam? First of all, these men damn near injured each other in the ring, and now you're asking if they know what happened to Adam Cole outside of the ring, which I thought was very skeptical. 
So they're all trying to figure out what, what's going on with Adam. That little NXT logo comes up in the corner, and the show is done. To be continued. Who attacked Adam Cole? Do you think it was this men's warehouse model, or do you think it was the Undisputed Era? You know what? I think it was both. <gasps> I, I do think it was both. Um, Ridge Holland is yes, just... Yes, his name is Ridge Holland. That sounds yeah, very Holland. model-like. Yes, he, he's from NXT UK, and this man does not play any games, okay? We've seen him in matches with Damian Priest, with Johnny Gargano. There was a specific match with Johnny Gargano that he had where they had to cut the match because Johnny Gargano landed on his head in an awkward position, and everyone saw it and kind of freaked out. I was like, oh, man, this guy, you know, he's, he's ruthless. And when I saw him carrying poor Adam Cole on his shoulder, like he was a rag doll. I like was a shook. sack of potatoes. Yes. I was like, okay, poor Adam Cole. He flipped him over. Adam Cole was like unconscious. And you know what? These guys did the most asking, what happened? Did you see? Excuse me, guys. They just had a match. Weren't oh, you guys they're, with them? They're not like, babysitting Adam Cole. Y'all are a trio. What happened? They lost him backstage somewhere. And next thing you know, he got beat up. No. That is super sketchy. And when you texted me, where are Bobby's glasses? <laughs> I was like, that's a good question. I'm telling you, he lost those glasses when he attacked his undisputed era member, Adam Cole. I saw a lot of stuff online recently that WWE really wants to push Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's faces, which I'm which actually is, really shocked. It's interesting because why wouldn't you want all of undisputed era as faces? You because, know? because they're trying to break up the group, but... To me, it almost makes more sense to keep Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish together since they have tagged for most of their career. But, I mean, I guess it's interesting because if it does happen, we don't expect those two to be faces and those two to be heels. I mean, yeah. Roderick Strong was a face for a while there. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. If they actually do go ahead with that plan. I mean, Adam Cole has kind of been in the face position already. I mean, with his last match against Pat McAfee, he yeah. was definitely pushed as a face. And that was weird to see, especially since his long title reign was him as a heel. So maybe they're trying to show us that Adam is multifaceted and he's talented and he can perform as a face or a heel. Who knows? You know what? They love Adam in NXT. I remember Survivor Series. They pushed him everywhere. He was beating people up on Raw, beating people up on SmackDown and on NXT. I was like, okay, Adam, getting the Charlotte Flair treatment. Let's go. I'm here for it. I, I love Adam and Kyle as a face. I recently um, have become a fan of Kyle. So I'm excited for him to possibly, you know, get more things in the NXT universe. And how did you like this match between him and Finn? Do you feel like we will see a rematch here since it was such a competitive but absolutely amazing match? Or who do you see Finn going up against next? Oh, that's a good question. You know what? I would like to see a, a rematch um, just because they were so great. They really worked well in the ring together, but I don't want to see it right away. You mm -hmm. know, uh, I want to give it like a week or two, maybe come back to it, let it kind of simmer, focus on what happened to Adam Cole. I feel but, like that should be like on the, um, like a milk carton. What happened to Adam Cole with like his nice little headshot on there? I need um, Breezango on this ASAP, you know how they had their little detective show for a little bit on the Passion main roster? Files. Yes, I need them to figure this out. Or, I mean, we could go on NXT and figure it out. We're pretty good with our detective skills. Well, you know what? Triple H, ring us up. My phone number is 773. <laughs>
Could you imagine? Let's talk about the upcoming draft. So the draft is starting this Friday, and it's going into next Monday's Raw. I don't know if WWE just doesn't know what they're doing, but they did tweet the other day that NXT would be involved, and then they deleted the tweet. They did a tweet and delete, and then they just put Raw and SmackDown. Do you anticipate NXT getting involved here? I think they might. I don't want them to because I feel like... Why would you take people from NXT when you've done it before? It has not worked out. My poor Finn Balor got injured the next day after the draft. I, I don't know. I would like them not to be involved unless you're calling up maybe someone who you're really going to build up. Like maybe Casey Catanzaro, you can call her up and, you know, she can be on Raw or something. But I don't know. You know, I actually do hope that NXT is involved here. I was looking at the women's roster specifically and SmackDown is so small compared to NXT and Raw right now. WWE is really trying to build up their women's roster on NXT, and I feel like there's a lot of women there that we haven't seen in a long time that could be utilized on SmackDown. Like you said, there have been a lot of NXT superstars that have been called up in these drafts that haven't been utilized properly, or they have for a while, and then they kind of like fade out. I think of like Carmella, who was called up, and now she looks like she's on Dancing with the Stars. I love Carmella. You know what? I listened to her podcast with Corey Grace, but I feel like right now I'm not really happy with how they're booking her. The storyline has me a little bit worried. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, I am telling you, maybe if they do something with the women and they actually utilize them because I do love that Monday Night Raw gives you like three or four women's matches every every Monday or in you know, right. a lot of women's matches on Fridays. That's something that I look forward to. It's just like, oh my God, yes, we're seeing a lot of the women used. I really love this. And if we were to add to that and really build them up, you know, like because you have veterans on the roster like Natalia, like mm-hmm. James, and they're like extremely underutilized. So if we were to bring them up and give them a push, like I would be for it. Is there anyone that you think should move to NXT. Someone who could go back to NXT. I would probably send Liv. Mm. Send Liv back to NXT. And maybe Ruby. I don't know how how great they're working out on the main roster, but Shayna is doing great. Hot take on Wrestling Wind Down. I think Bianca Belair should go back. Bianca Belair never got her championship reign that she was deserved in NXT. She fought tooth and nail for that NXT Women's Championship and somehow never won it. She completely delivers in the ring whether she's wrestling or she's giving promos and I feel like if WWE was thinking about how she's being utilized right now now mind you we see these promos of her on Raw I think she's absolutely 100% capable of going up against Asuka at any moment of any day but she's on main event Bianca Belair is not main event show material like if she's gonna be on main event let her be on main the main event of Raw the main event of NXT like don't put her on this show that five people watch including the five people in the WWE like I'm not even trying to throw shade they screwed Bianca and a lot of people have talked about it recently they've been talking about it for months now but what's next for her like they're giving her the, the Mr. Perfect rub with these promos which I can appreciate I like the promos but where is this going to lead her to are they just going to do these promos and then have her face off against someone random on the roster and then oh okay we'll just have you go back to main event and wrestle there a little bit more like what is the point of having these promos if Like, are you going to have her face off for the title? What are we doing here? I do not like surprises in this aspect. I need to know exactly what is going on. I need to know everything (laughs) happening right now. I need a list of everybody being drafted. Do you think that some of these bigger name people on the main roster will get drafted back to NXT? Like who haven't been there? Like, could you imagine Jeff Hardy on NXT? 
I don't see any bigger names going back to NXT unless absolutely necessary. I think Finn Balor was a huge name that went back to NXT. I think if anyone who has a quote-unquote bigger name right now should go back, Shinsuke Nakamura or Cesaro. I think on the main roster, yeah, you know, they've been great in tag team competition. We think of how they've been with Sami Zayn. Cesaro has been with Sheamus. But these two men have not been at the peak of their success that they should have reached a long time ago. Shinsuke Nakamura, he was called up to the main roster, which I thought was going to be absolutely incredible. We saw the fan response when he debuted in NXT. He went up against Finn Balor, absolutely incredible. He comes to the main roster. He had a strong showing for a couple months, but then it was like WWE just didn't know how to book him anymore. And that caliber of superstar, you need to have a plan. He is absolutely incredible in the ring. He's been all around the world. What are you doing? In terms of Cesaro, same thing. He's been in ROH. He's been with Sheamus. He's been with multiple people in his career. And now he's on SmackDown as a tag team champion. This man should have been world champion years ago. There's a lot of men on the roster who I think could have been champion years ago. (laughs) Big E. But that's beside the point. We're talking about Cesaro. I think Cesaro could have had a main event opportunity by now i mean he's been putting in work what are we doing wwe where are we going with this are you going to keep on having these men tag and be tag team champions are you going to break them up and let them shoot for the stars let them get that title that they deserve period put my wine glass down the end drop the mic drop the glass drop the wine bottle No, I a thousand percent agree with you. I love Cesaro and I don't think that he's being showcased as he should on the main roster. And same thing with Shinsuke. You know, a lot of these guys, they, I don't want to say they lose their hype. They're just not put into the right positions. My poor Aleister Black. He's exhibit A. First of all, they changed his theme, which I was watching Raw when it happened and I read the comments and I was like, but I don't know if you've seen, WWE worked with Jim Johnston for a very long time. He's worked with a lot of superstars and they ended up letting him go like a couple years ago and they were working with CFO dollar sign. I don't know how you're actually supposed to say that, but I'll say it like that. And they produce a lot of the music. A lot of the music that you hear right now, theme song wise, is them. And now they don't work with the WWE anymore. And I guess the WWE is going in and re-recording or giving other superstars new themes. This is going to be so confusing because Becky Lynch's theme song is one that they had. Charlotte Flair's is one that they have. So when Charlotte comes back, what's going to be her theme song? When Becky comes back in the Royal Rumble, what's going to be her theme song? You know, I'm not even going to know any of these people because I'm just going to be like, who, who is that? What? I'm sorry. What's I mean, up? they I could know. also go back in and re-record or I don't know. I don't know how the music process works. But like you said, I think it will cause a lot of confusion if they go in and change these superstars themes who have been out a while. Like Charlotte Flair, we haven't seen her in a while. And if she comes back with a new theme, we might not know who she is. I mean, look at Carmella. Have we heard her theme yet? I know she had a CFO theme. There's still people that are wrestling on the main roster right now who do have those themes. But I think WWE is kind of tiptoeing on changing them for that exact reason. You don't want your top star to come out and no one knows who it is because they don't know their theme song. But also, we need to bring back superstars singing their own theme songs. I heard you talk about it on the Rest Friends podcast a couple episodes ago. And wow, the rendition that you gave of the Big Show's theme. Can you please do it for the wrestling wind down community? I just can't believe that uh, we know when we were growing up that Big Show did not sing his own theme song. He's like... Well, well, it's the big show. I was like, you cannot tell me 
That is not a big show. Like, come on. John Cena did it. I thought Big Show could do it too. I mean, Keith Lee did it. I thought Trish Stratus was laughing at the beginning of the song for the longest time. And I found out it was Lil' Kim. Like, <laughs> Lil' Kim. Did you know? Did you know that Nicki Minaj sang Victoria's theme song before Nicki Minaj was Nicki Minaj? No, I I'm didn't dropping gems. Like, I was like, oh my goodness. <sighs> you know, it's it's because I, I was talking about I mean, I thought Mark Henry actually sang his own song too, but it was Three Six Mafia. <laughs> you know, uh, Jeff Hardy is one, you know, with his old, old theme song, No More Words. I thought he sung that song because there was a lot of superstars who did. You know, Shawn Michaels sings the song. John Cena sings his own song. I, I was just surprised because these wrestlers look like they do it all. Thank you so much, Erie, for joining me today on Wrestling Wind Down. Where can the people find your podcast on social media? Oh, definitely go on, on YouTube and subscribe to Rest Friends. And you can listen to our podcast. We are now on iHearts, but we are also on Spotify and iTunes. And that's at Rest Friends, the Rest Friends podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wrestling Wind Down. You can find all of our other episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCAST. Our new website is also coming soon. Let us know what you thought about the episode. What was your favorite part? We upload episodes with brand new co-hosts every week. Until next time, enjoy your wine and, of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.